I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, February 16th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Brett, you know what I love about the Olympics? What do you love, Jay? Well, I love that when Canadians win. But on that same note, when you find sports that you think you could watch all the time, but you'll probably watch every four years, and the one I like today that I watched yesterday when we won the gold medal, or where Canada won the gold medal, was women's speed skating team pursuit. I think speed skating is the, or one of the top Olympic sports, winter Olympic sports to watch. It's like track and field, but in the winter, it's exciting, it's high paced. Actually, it's more like swimming, that's what it is. It's high paced, it's fast, it's fun, and lots of things can happen because, like when the women won, what happened, Jay? The Japanese team fell about maybe 25 meters from the finish line. Canada was right there. They were like 0.3 seconds behind, which is a lot in speed skating, but it was an unbelievable finish. So kudos to Canadian women on that front. Yeah, it was uh, it was really impressive. And that was the first time they've won in that event in a long time. Like I think it was since 2006, maybe. I don't think they won the gold and I think they just medaled. Do you, are you keeping a tally of where, where Canada is in the, in the medal tallies? I, I am keeping a tally. And you know, what's really confusing is I don't know what the global standard is for measuring the amount of medals. So some sources use based off of, they, they go based off of how many golds you have, whereas other sources go off of total medals. So in terms of gold, we're not doing well at all. We're 13th. But total medals, we're in the top five with 17 total medals. So, you know, I, I guess, and I use what suits me. And so we're going to go with total medals this time. Next next cycle, I might go with gold. We'll see what we'll see what happens. We'll see where Canada falls in that time frame. Well, Brett, aside from women's team pursuit speed skating gold medals, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, Tim's double-doubled their profit. For our second story, AirTag, Yorim. And for our third story, Flood Sink Housing Prices. For our first story, Tim Hortons had a great first quarter as it almost doubled, doubled its quarterly profit. Brett, why did Tim's have such a great quarter? Well, I have to assume one of the reasons is because of the Tim Beebs toque that you bought hoping there'd be a secondary market resale for it. How's that going, by the way? Not great. I think I'm going to have to hold for a lot longer. Yeah, well, but really, the beloved Canadian coffee chain benefited from a reduction in COVID-19 restrictions. While the chain is set up pretty well to serve customers throughout the pandemic with a heavy drive through business, its revenue was hurt by a decline in the number of people grabbing coffee and breakfast before work. Revenue took a bit of a dip after the Omicron variant, a reintroduction of tough restrictions, and all of that jazz. But it looks like we're out of the worst of it, and Tim's expects Q1 to reflect that. Tim's also did better than others in the category. For instance, their sister restaurant, Popeyes, found that comparable sales fell 0.4% in Q4. But the future for Tim's is not without risk. Tim Horton's parent company, RBI, said they've also been affected by labor shortages, which have led some restaurants to cut back opening hours and the services that they offer. And that takes us to the big picture here, Jay. What should Peak Pals take away from Tim Horton's strong earnings? Well, expect to see positive Q1 earnings for any business affected by the pandemic as Canadian provinces remove their COVID restrictions. And I'm going to call that the Timbit Index. What do you think? For our second story, Apple announced that they'll modify their AirTag technology to better protect against crime. Wow, very dramatic. Jay, what's the background with AirTags and why are people so concerned? Well, AirTags are this Apple accessory that you stick onto items so you don't lose them, like keys or other electronics. The AirTag connects to your phone, so whenever you're looking for that object, you can use your iPhone to trigger a sound or see where the item is on a map. The problem is that criminals have figured out that they can use AirTags to commit some pretty serious and sometimes really creepy crimes, including 
using the devices to track high-end cars that they can steal when they're idle, and stalkers have used the device to track women. Now, Apple has made some safety updates to the devices already. Anyone with an iPhone can trigger beeping on nearby tags so they can find if they're being tracked. But the beeps on the AirTags can be so faint, and if hidden properly, users can't find them. Some users told the New York Times that they didn't even realize they were being trailed for hours or even days. It can also be hard to find exactly where the AirTag is, which is why Apple announced that they'll be rolling out a feature called Precision Finding. This will offer anyone with an iPhone a number of features to more accurately pinpoint where the AirTag is. They're also rolling out more alerts on iPhones so people know when AirTags are being triggered and an AI system to alert Apple for when the devices might be used for criminal activity. So, Brett, What's the takeaway from these new updates to AirTags? Well, it's another debate around tech and privacy, whether it's a smart speaker, a Fitbit, or an AirTag, we're more connected than ever. And with that comes questions around privacy and how easy it is for bad actors to take advantage of this vulnerability. For our last story, it seems like Canadian housing prices only go up, but a new study has found that there's one thing that makes them go down, and that's flooding which researchers found depressed final sale prices in impacted markets by 8.2% in the six months following a flood. With all the flooding that's happened last year, Brett, this feels like a pretty important story. What did the report find? So research from the Intact Center on Climate Adaptation at the University of Waterloo found that the growing risk of flooding is already showing up in higher home insurance premiums, which rose 20 to 25% between 2015 and 2019, with more than half of that growth attributable to the possibility of floods. And even more concerning, is the possibility that many Canadians will soon find that they can't get home insurance at all due to this risk of flooding. The Insurance Bureau of Canada has warned that up to 10% of Canadian homes are in, quote, very high-risk zones and already uninsurable, and that share will likely rise in the future due to the impact of climate change. Overland flood insurance, which protects homeowners from flooding from nearby bodies of water as opposed to a burst pipe, only came into the Canadian market in 2015. Canada doesn't have rules around disclosure of flood risks for home buyers or standard risk scoring systems, something that's widely available in the U.S. And that's resulted in only 6% of people living in flood zones even knowing that they're at risk. So, Jay, what's the big picture of flooding for Canadian homeowners and prospective buyers? Catastrophic insurance claims have surged in Canada over the past decade, averaging almost $2 billion a year compared to the period from 1983 to 2008 when they averaged between $250 and $450 million a year. With more than half of this increase caused by flood claims, private insurance companies are increasingly stepping away from the business of overland flood insurance altogether and calling on governments to deal with the risk through publicly funded insurance programs. Peak Palace, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale, and thank you, Brett. And once again, the women's speed skating team pursuit team from Canada, kudos to you.